The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, April 10th. I'm Terry Arango with my guests, Douglas Gale and Kathy Cherry. Douglas Gale is the Executive Director of Scenic View Academy, and Kathy Purple Cherry is at the helm of Purple Cherry Architects and the mother of a 20-year-old on the autism spectrum as well as the sister of a Down syndrome brother. Today we'll be talking about creating successful residential and employment environments for those with autism and other challenges. Welcome, Doug and Kathy. Thank you. Thank nice you. to be with you. How did the two of you meet? Um, actually, I was working with the Madison Foundation, which is here located in Maryland. They are a group that is spearheading trying to create a single database of organizations within kind of our regional area on the East Coast. And the executive director at the time, she had visited Doug's uh, community out in Utah and was so incredibly impressed by it that she mentioned it to me. And I am out on a project right now for the Hartvigson School District that's located in Salt Lake City, and where Doug is located is probably less than 45 minutes from Salt Lake City. So I made a point of contacting him and going out and touring this facility. So, Kathy, Purple Cherry Architects is based in Maryland, but you're commissioned to go uh, all over the nation? Yes, we go as a consultant or as a prime architect on projects. We are working most significantly on the front end of projects and establishing the programs and the site restraints or requirements to help support programs such as Doug's. All right. And then, Doug, can you please give listeners a broad general overview of where and how and why Scenic View started, um, where it's at now, and the people who are served? Yes. Thanks, uh, Terry and Kathy. Uh, Scenic View Academy is located, again, as Kathy said, in Provo, Utah, about 45 minutes from Salt Lake City. We're kind of at the base of the Wasatch Mountain Range, so we have large mountains that surround us. Our program started 11 years ago uh, as a small program with t- about 20 students. Uh, initially, we just had two or three for several years, and then we've, we've expanded to now we have 80 students. Initially, our program was started by uh, Dr. Betty Harrison, a psychologist, uh, educational psychologist from Brigham Young University, and then uh, Ty Norda. Uh, who is the wife of the founder of Novell Networking. Uh, many of you have heard about Novell Networking here in Provo, Utah. And Ray and Ty have a child who has a learning difference and is on the autism scale. So they started this program in 2001. I came in the fall of that same year and began uh, architecturally, so to speak, program-wise, developing Scenic View Academy which initially was a program for men. Uh, about four years ago, we added women to the component. We currently have 54 beds and take about 25-day students, so a total of around 80 students that come to Scenic View Academy. We're a post-secondary program. We work with students who are 20 years and above. Our goal is to help an individual learn independent living skills, educational skills, and employment skills they can go out and live on their own in their community. 
we accept students from anywhere. We have students from all the western states. Uh, then we jump to the East Coast, have one student from uh, uh, the Chicago area, and one student who's actually from uh, uh, Angola, Africa. So we, we accept a wide, broad range of students. Must be a pretty neat place. So, Doug, you mentioned uh, that you mentioned some beds and you mentioned a day program, but do you actually have an overnight residential program? Yes, we have an overnight residential program. Uh, and that's where a, program, a student will come to Scenic View Academy and live on campus. Our program is year-round, and so we have classwork that runs, and employment training that runs essentially five days a week with activity programming on the weekends. So these students would live here. Uh, most would be here through the weekends, although some students would uh, choose to maybe go home on the weekends or, or to go on family visits. So it's 24 yeah. hours. Uh, we have uh, an individual on staff uh, 24 hours a day, although in the evenings we just have one person on staff. Our students uh, are all individuals who they don't have criminal or behavioral problems that would prohibit them with basically being able to live on their own with limited supervision. Or, oh, sorry. Or medical problems? Uh, a student can have chronic medical problems, uh, uh, for example, cerebral palsy. They could be in a wheelchair. Uh, they could have diabetic problems. We have students uh, who have seizure disorder problems. We have students who have mental health issues. We can handle the chronic issues that are basically stable, uh, but if they have acute problems, we're not equipped to handle those day-to-day -day, uh, happenings. We, we do have a part-time nurse on staff who does medication oversight, and we have a consulting psychiatrist, but it's, it's more for just the basic assessment uh, uh, purposes. But the day-to-day -day acute problems you would have with medical issues, for example, if a person had seizures daily, uh, we probably couldn't handle that, or if they had acute psychotic problems, we wouldn't be able to handle those kinds of issues. And, Kathy, you were going to add something? Yes, I was. There's, there's something to me as the outsider that is so significantly different about this program than any that I have been exposed to in the country before. And I believe, Doug, that there is only one other program that I, from our discussions, that kind of looks or runs like you. And, Terry, this is what it is from my words. When individuals on the spectrum are at a higher functioning capacity, as we well know across the country, they are not receiving residential funding. And they need a level of support that more often than not leads to them having to remain at home for the rest of their life. And they often may not have the ability to live independently and further go off on to college for some form of a program. So as a result, these kids are coming out of either high school or transitioning a little bit older, and they really are being lost in our system. And this program was established, so I think of it, in my words, as a college for vocational and life skills for the purposes of filling in a time period and the goal of this program is that they that you not stay there for the rest of your life but that in fact they help support you to give you the skills to hopefully in a period of say 4 to 7 years then in concept graduate past the program and totally live independently and so when i think again about all of the teenagers that I know in various states that have no residential funding and no ability to ever get residential funding, and we think about the parents who want to try to gift their children with the opportunity to somehow live in a roommate situation or alone in an apartment, this to me is the perfect program. Now, there's a second piece to me that is key to this. 
the founding or and and Doug will obviously correct anything that I have misstated. You're doing great. You're doing but great. the founder or one of the founding families established such a significant endowment that the annual tuition cost for room and board and and obviously all of the other support mechanisms that help to prepare these these students 12 month basis is at the same cost, in my opinion, if not below the cost of go- sending your typically developing teenager to an out-of-state college. And that gift happened because when the family established the endowment, it covers about 75% of the annual operating costs of this program. And therefore, that tuition is an affordable tuition. So if I were not blessed to have had a son where I've had to advocate the heck out of, and, you know, my son is funded residentially for one reason, because my son has a violent mechanism. And not many autistic children do not. They, you know, they don't have that temperament they they can be absolutely wonderful kids that just can't make good judgment and so when i think about your typically developing children and your and your children on the spectrum this to me is the opportunity to send them to college and prepare them for independence and i'm so very excited about this program that uh Doug my meeting with the DDA director for the state of Maryland is this Friday. Oh neat. And I made that appointment with him two and a half months ago when I came back from Scenic View because if if every state could figure out that that our higher functioning population are gonna ultimately be granted funding streams that have to do with vocational supported employment. And if we could support those kids actually to total independence to where they don't even need the supported employment piece, the states would save a tremendous amount of money. So I would love to see the states eventually figure out how they need to fund the development of a program like Scenic View in every state. Wow, Kathy, I really appreciate all of your important comments. I, I think you really uh, started to help make our picture of Scenic View come alive. And we're going to pick up when we come back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with more information about Scenic View Academy. We're, and we'll be talking to Douglas Gale and Kathy Purple Cherry. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Douglas Gale, the Executive Director of Scenic View Academy in Provo, Utah, 
and Kathy Purple Cherry, who's at the helm of Purple Cherry Architects in Maryland. Before the break, Kathy was giving us this really exciting um, overview of, of Scenic View Academy. And, um, Kathy, I just want to clarify one thing and then um, ask Doug for his comments. Did you say that uh, you felt that um, the higher-functioning, older individuals with an autism spectrum diagnosis did or did not have a, a violent component that needed to be addressed? It has been my experience that obviously the spectrum is so very broad, but depending upon each individual, I certainly myself experience I have a high-functioning autistic son who is 20 years old, and I can sincerely say that the only reason he has received residential support is because of that violent piece. However, I have two very good friends who also have high-functioning um, children on the spectrum, and their IQs are quite significantly high in the 140s, and they will never see residential support ever in their lifetime here in the state of Maryland, so that will mean that their children will live at home through their age of 75, and that's how this state happens to work. So those, to me, are in, are students or individuals that are perfect for Doug's program. Right. So, so most of the individuals who need who do not have the violent component and therefore cannot get placement. Uh, yeah, it's been my experience that certainly, as we well know, all of us want residential funding from our states for our children as they age. But the realities are I don't honestly see that happening, which is where we're seeing these mechanisms of public-private partnership in order to create these communities. And I think that the solution that Scenic View offers in terms of, a, in concept, a college for vocation and life skills and support and employment skills is a great option for the specific Spectrum. It is very specific to us. It's not, you know, Doug will have to speak more to this. It's not like he can say exactly what the IQ of a child needs to be or exactly right. what physical capacity the child needs to be at. But the, the individual accepted into the program certainly has to have the potential ability over time to learn independence. And I think we as mothers all know if we sincerely believe that our children have that ability or not. My son has that ability. The missing part, though, is that he also has such poor judgment that the, that the violent mechanism comes in, and that's what helps provide him with the residential support that he needs. Um, but there are a lot of children, to me, on the spectrum that do not have the violent piece or behavioral piece. For me, it's more behavioral. In my personal family, it actually is truly significant can be significantly violent and that so anyway go ahead and ask Doug his question okay okay well Doug I wanted to ask you if you had anything to add to the wonderful things that Kathy was saying and uh, what you believed the elements were that that go into a healthy residential program it sounds to me like you have a dormitory set up is that the case yes we do and I might I start just a little bit to confirm some of Kathy's observations about the students that we work with, and now get into our residential dormitory style housing. We initially, as uh, Mrs. Norda began to develop the program, they wanted to work with individuals who, as Kathy says, fall between the cracks. There, there are no programs for them. They've gone out of high school, they've failed in college, or failed in, in uh, other vocational programming, and they're just, they're just kind of floundering at home. Often we find our students at home uh, sequestered in their own room with the blinds closed, playing video games or watching uh, various educational TV programs on science or et cetera. Uh, the individuals that we began working with, uh, we focused on learning disabled individuals with normal or above average IQ. And when we talk about that, we're roughly saying in the in the 90s, high 80s, on up to the 120s, 30s, 40s. What we find, found as we worked is that individual students on the spectrum 
began fitting our criteria very well. They had learning difficulties in school, and they may have a co-occurring problem with autism and some other learning issue. Uh, and so they they fit what we wanted to work with. And so we began advertising to work with individuals with learning disabilities and autism spectrum disorders, Asperger's, etc. And so then we would then begin working with the individuals to help them develop lives of independence, employment, uh, doing their own activities of daily living, but again, focus on a, on a goal that they could live on their own. The initial thrust was we might develop long-term residential. We've gone away from that. I can't build facilities nor afford to build facilities quickly enough to accommodate the demand. And so really we're a transitioning program. Uh, we're not short-term. These students take a while to work through and get on their own to develop coping skills, social skills, uh, employment skills, independent living skills, where they can actually live on their own. So we, we do have them for uh, several years. It'd be nice to have an ideal turnaround, but when you work with individual people, they don't all fit a nice, comfortable mold. We advertise that we remember the one and we focus on the one, so we try to individualize, individualize our programming. Our, our residential uh, facilities we have uh, two basic facilities. We have one where it's more of a dormitory-style living, where a student would have their own room. In that room, they would have a desk, a uh, bookcase, a little refrigerator, maybe a microwave, their own telephone, their own restroom. So there would be one student in that room. We have other rooms that where they share uh, the room, the facilities, with another student. They each have their own bedroom, however, equipped with their own bed, desk, those kinds of things. Uh, we, we didn't initially start with that, but we found when students go out on their own, they're often sharing those facilities with a roommate. And so that helps us to, to help them develop the independent living skills to live with somebody else. We, we also then have independent apartments, and they have all of these things that I've mentioned, as well as they have their own little kitchen. So they can then live on their own in, in, in an apartment uh, and develop those independent living skills. Uh, a student would come to Scenic View, start out in a residential, and then move out to our apartments. We also have uh, an, an apartment where we have four students living in that apartment. Right now, it's four uh, women that live in the apartment. We could have four men living there, but right now, we have the four women living there. And then in our other apartments, as we've increased our uh, uh, number of women that come to, this, to the program, they live in the residential or they live in the apartments scattered throughout the facilities. So they live there, and then we work with them to then transition into the community here, or we help them uh, into their own communities back home. Again, it's a little more problematic for us as we transition students away from the immediate area, but we do our best to contact agencies and organizations that can help them. We've had the good fortune working with our local, one of our local housing authorities to develop uh, house, get housing vouchers and housing options in the community. In fact, they're, they're developing a project now uh, where they're going to build a multi-use uh, facility with about 60 apartments nine of those apartments would be dedicated to residents from Scenic View where they could live in the community in a more uh, diversified way with other people. And we're Very excited nice. for that to come on. And that, that will be no charge to, to us at Scenic View Academy. The student would pay their own way. And, Doug, something that you were really excited about sharing with people is your social skills program. It, it sounds like you were talking about some individuals who would stay in their room with the lights off and the shades down and the computer on. But you, have, you um, also have a social skills program there at Scenic View. Yes, that's correct. We have a whole component of social skills programming where we work with individuals uh, here, and we have a class. It's a, a, a group class where we teach them appropriate social skills in the community. We have a little uh, a brochure or a booklet of social skills information and questions that a student might have 
as they're out in the community. It's been under development. We've now completed that, where it's now all of our own ideas, and I should have a rough copy of that when it comes to Chicago in May uh, to show to individuals there. We hope at some point to develop an app for that. So then a student who maybe be further away from the tether strings of Scenic View Academy could have a resource that could help them as they then are in the community interacting with individuals. We've had good success uh, given that uh, Provo is a college town with a couple of major universities. We have lots of good volunteers that come in, come to our classes and help with real-life experiences, real-life training with individuals who aren't necessarily staff members. So good opportunity for the students to practice these skills. And, Kathy, you had wanted to comment on Scenic View's ability to create a sense of community. Well, I think that, um, Doug, why don't you expand a little bit No diff- uh, on basically what goes on during the evening, too, because when you're in the main building, the, main, the campus is comprised of a main building where there is a commercial kitchen and they have a full restaurant cafeteria that runs out of it, and that is one of the programs. But upstairs, there are a variety of classes that are going on during the day and into the evening, and it is totally optional as to whether or not students attend and get involved in them. So, Doug, why don't you talk about the yoga and the art and other opportunities that the students have? So, yes, describing the physical nature of our campus. Camp. Yep. We have a, one main building, which is basically a classroom building. We have a large uh, auditorium where we have uh, uh, fine arts programming. We, we do uh, plays, one-act plays. We have a, a music program that's taught during the day and the evening. We have a full art room, a, uh, a pottery room where we do uh, throw pots do sculpturing as well as do ceramic kinds of things. Uh, we have a music room. Uh, we teach piano uh, or other instruments to individuals that may have the skills coming or they may uh, we may teach them the skills. We do, uh, for example, a week ago we participated in an autism awareness program at Utah Valley University. Our students comprised a compiled together to work a choir and we sang the national anthem at the baseball game and received recognition for that. So we, we try and develop skills in our classroom that we then exercise in the community. So during the week, we have classes five days a week, then we have a full evening program, uh, and we also do uh, field trips uh, in the community, uh, go to the museums, the, the uh, plays, those kinds of things in, during the week, and also on, on a weekend. We also have a greenhouse program. We have a full greenhouse where we teach those kinds of skills. Okay. I hear that it's our break time, and we're going to hear more good things about Scenic View Academy in Provo, Utah, when we come back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Douglas Gale and Kathy Purple Cherry. Thank you to our sponsors, Boxy Health and Superberries. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health, and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Douglas Gale, the Executive Director of Scenic View Academy in Provo, Utah, and Kathy Purple Cherry, who's at the helm of Purple Cherry Architects, and she sure understands what good design goes into a good environment for our kids who have challenges. And, Kathy, you were just saying some wonderful things about Scenic View Academy while we were on break. Well, I wanted uh, the listeners to understand that, as Doug describes, a classroom setting in the main building, often our minds tend to go to structures that are two floors and don't have any level of excitement or community or uh, social spirit to them. And, in fact, that's the exact opposite of this main building at Scenic View. When you arrived Provo, Utah, which was the first time I'd been there, I think the vertical face of the mountains is probably less than a an eighth of a mile away. Correct. So these incredible mountains that shoot straight up in the reds and the oranges that are so significant to Utah are right in their backyard. And when you enter the main administrative building, there is a three-level, very large public space that is encircled with uh, two layers of balcony above. And what this allows, and then the cascading steps. So it's not specifically that it's an environment in which you would want to teach in, simply because of the acoustics of the space, but what it does create is a visual excitement. You can see the students actually communicating, observing, uh, sitting and relaxing, uh, just moving through that space. And then off to the side of that at a lower level ceiling is the large kind of dining area in which it feels like an outdoor cafe that's indoors and has the large kind of cafeteria it's um, off to its side, and there's nothing cafeteria about it. It doesn't feel like you're at a school cafeteria. It feels like you've actually stopped by a Starbucks, and maybe you're going to get a great uh, meal. And then the individuals or the students actually are involved in helping support you to get to your table, helping clear after you. People are jumping from table to table, so they're having um, dialogue, and it's just an exciting place to be. And so that, and, and one other thing that I think, I don't know, Doug, that you've mentioned it, I didn't hear it, it's important to understand that in students that come to this program come and go at will. They may leave the campus at any point in time, walk down the street to catch a bus, to go to the drugstore, to get to the 7-Eleven, get on their bike, ride around the block. They are that level of independence, or they eventually develop to that level of independence, and Doug can speak to that more. Correct. Right. So let's talk about um, the, not only the training and employment type opportunities that you offer, but also the transitional plan. Okay. Okay. Terry, just just maybe a minute caption of the of the facilities that just to add on to what Ch- Kathy has said. We when we designed the program, uh, when I first came, we had one building completed. It's a nice building, but we tried to develop a design for the campus that kind of was more organic in nature. It kind of connected with where it was located. Uh, the facility is located in the old river bottoms where the Provo River flows through and is near our facility. Uh, the, the architectural design, the fascia on the buildings, we literally use the river rock in, in facing some of the uh, structures. And the students help collect the rock and gather the rock. And we talk about the strength of a rock. And, and as you put the rock together to make pillars that working together, you can make something stronger. And so we try and try to utilize um, the facility in, in the area to the betterment of the student. We, we have a concept where we, we talk about using every blade of grass. And so we want to use all the skills and abilities of the students as well as the staff as we work together. So we try to incorporate that with the actual layout of the, of the, uh, of the facilities. And it's more like a walk in the garden, so to speak, as you go around with a xeroscape and shrubs and flowers and bushes and 
and grass plain areas. We're going to build a a plain field uh, out to the uh, west of us this next year. We're going to use it for our students as well as the neighboring facilities. We have a vital smarts corporation located next to us, especially hospital. We try and incorporate these facilities to work with us and our students and, and vice versa. It, it, we try and use what we have here. And let me, so that being said, it, it is a nice place to work. I, I look out my window and there's a beautiful Cascade Mountain, which is gorgeous every day, snow-capped right now and, and uh, soon to be green and pretty. Uh, talking, jumping now to the uh, employment and transitioning programming, our, our goal has always been uh, to get students here uh, to help train them, again, like a college vocational setting, and to move them on. That being said, we have a whole employment component as one of the balance of life areas. And if I could just mention those areas, because we have a vocational education component, an independent living component, spiritual in touch with uh, spiritual advisor component, physical component, an emotional component, a social, and then a creative and educational component. So all those work together, and we call it our balance of life, which is applicable to each one of us. But with the vocational employment program, we have uh, a staff of employment counselors and job coaches that work with the team, and they develop what we call a map. Uh, in, 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 in the education area, it might be an IEP. We call it a MAP, M-A-P, which stands for My Autonomy Plan. And so each student has one of those, and then we develop and do an assessment of each student about where we want to help them to be vocationally or employment-wise. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a dance at times as we work with the student and their family to help the student focus on an area that they have abilities in and, and they also have an interest in. So it takes some time to develop uh, a process where we can get them involved in this employment track. But a student, upon coming to Scenic View, is immediately placed in an employment program where they're a trainee. And a trainee rotates through a series of employment areas. We do our own custodial, our own grounds, our own uh, electrical, furniture repair, gardening, uh, greenhouse program. So a student would rotate through each of those areas to learn how to be a, a good gardener or a good person to clean or to maybe paint. And, and it's not that they're going to become that, but we want them to develop in basic employment skills, showing up to work on time, following through on assignment, asking questions, working together, listening, taking uh, suggestions and negotiating around those suggestions that they might be a, a good independent employee. So they start there. We pay them. Uh, we we have students that drive for us. They they transport other students and they transport us. Like when they need to go to the airport in in May to go to Chicago, one of the students will drive me there. We pay them to do that, and it, it gives them another vocational possibility. And so. They then progress from there where they might become a trainee. We have a couple of trainees who do our maintenance work, and they will rewire lights, put ballast in. They inspect uh, sprinkler fire uh, sprinkler systems for buildings, and they do more of a vocational technical. They install water heaters. They develop those skills. Our hope is then they can go out and be a maintenance person in the community. So that's another, we have specialty components here. We then uh, will work in the community uh, vocationally with uh, job placements in, uh, in the surrounding areas, like with a car dealership doing maintenance work or, or detail work. Uh, we work with the Covey. It's an arts center program, performing arts program, where they take care of the building. They do some of the stage setups. Uh, we have a uh, pretty good community of uh, fine arts where they, we have our students become stagehands. We have a uh, restore program that recycles building materials. Our students work there. And we also have pro students that work like in greenhouses. We have one student who's interning with an attorney. 
and they're using their skills in researching uh, as a spectrum child where they can completely focus on researching for a legal brief or a case, and so they do all the legal research for the attorney. And, and so, so they go from internally learning how to work to specialty working here to then they, they go into the community to work on apprenticeships in the community, which we hope then lead to employment. For example, one of our maintenance individuals who started out as a job trainee became a, a tutor, so to speak, of other trainees, then had experience in the community, now works for our neighboring program to the north, which is called Heritage School, and he's now working to be one of their maintenance individuals. We hope that he'll then work there full-time. We have another student who's interning, wants to be a plumber. He didn't have the skills to be a plumber, particularly because he doesn't have the visual hand coordination capacity to put together a plumbing uh, mechanism for a sink or whatever, but he's now working at a major uh, wholesale plumbing supply store, uh, stocking, ordering uh, supplies for the plumbing facility. So they kind of work through the program that way. Again, the goal is they then work. One of our students who had an interest in the greenhouse oversaw our little greenhouse program, then went through a master gardening class with Utah State University uh, up to a facility called Thanksgiving Point in Lehigh, Utah, and went to a master gardening class. And he now has uh, full-time employment with Lowe's. He's their gardening person. And it stretched from not just a seasonal employment to year-round employment, so that's where he works. Another student who's transitioned in more of the building trade works for Home, uh, home Depot uh, in, uh, up in uh, Pleasant Grove area. So, and they, both those students now live on their own or supplying their own uh, living, cost of living, paying for their rent, et cetera, et cetera. And so we've done all those things to help them, not just with employment, but the other components with independent living skills. Wonderful. Uh, this sounds like a really good plan and program and um, a really good opportunity that you've given these individuals, Doug, at Scenic View Academy. And we will talk more about this when we come back from break. Thank you to our sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. And we'll be right back to talk about Scenic View Academy. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Professionals and families who are dealing with autism face challenges that can lead to many questions. Questions about how to understand, communicate, and support each other. Every week, Autism Today with host Dr. Patrick J. Rydell will focus on dealing with the diagnosis and the day-to-day challenges of autism spectrum disorders. Dr. Rydell will combine his 30 years of experience along with featured guests from the ASD field to provide their insights and answers to your questions. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Douglas Gale, the Executive Director of Scenic View Academy, and Kathy Purple Cherry at the helm of Purple Cherry Architects. Could both of you please give listeners your website addresses? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Doug. Okay. Excuse me. You go ahead, Kathy. Oh, no. Okay. www.purplecherry, as in the color and the fruit, .com. That's really easy to remember, purplecherry.com. And Doug? And Scenic View Academy is S V Sam is in S is in Sam, V is in Victory, academy.org, svacademy.org. Well, Kathy, I know you're really excited about this program, and you have the perspective as one 
with a 20-year-old son on the spectrum. How do you feel from an architect's perspective about the things that Doug has said? I think that uh, when I visited, again, this is coming from my time that I went through the facility with Doug, which was approximately two and a half months ago, what was exciting for me was that um, different residential opportunities had been created to basically uh, ramp a student up for total independence. And the first layer of living is in a more populated dormitory-type application. And in that dormitory setting, the dorm has a common area on each floor, which is a relatively large gathering space that can be used in a variety of different ways. Whether it's successful or not really comes down to if programs are there or the student population at the time. But what's interesting is that each student has their own in-concept apartment. And it was great fun to be able to visit two of the apartments because when I entered each one, you could see um, the student's own characteristics, which is probably very typical to our typically developing teenagers, with just kind of piles everywhere or the clothes hadn't gotten hung up or, or they would be very well organized or not. And so I loved the fact that the dormitory created a greater kind of nurturing environment so that an individual could always feel like there were others close by. And when they wanted to hang out, they would hang out in the soft seating areas within that dormitory setting. The dormitory is kind of an L configuration. Doug, I kind of feel like it had that little bit of that hinge piece. It was an L, wasn't it? Uh yeah, yeah. Okay. And then and then the next layer that moves in into the next layer is kind of um a duplex or quadplex attached almost like townhouse but not two story living so that you would know that you had an immediate neighbor but um you you obviously also had your own place, and that, to me, was the next step. And then the final step, and Doug, correct me if I've got it wrong, the final step to me was where there was a totally separate house. So there were settings in which you had your door entering off of the exterior of a building, so like an apartment with an exterior door, and then there were settings where it might have been a house and there were four units with a common space in the center, and then they were individual independent units. So I've probably said that backwards because to me that would have been the second second layer of independent living. And the third to me is when you enter your living unit directly from the outside, no different than you would do when living in the community. Right, yeah. Right? Do I have those right? That's correct. Okay. And um, I just think it was um, very creative, and it's interesting because as you understand the evolution of this program, it really evolved to meet the needs. It's not like they woke up one day and said, this is exactly what we're going to do. Instead, they started a program, and as they saw their students develop and grow and mature and towards what their goal was, they continued to develop residential applications, but they didn't do the same thing, which I think is a great thing. They developed a whole new residential setting and then another whole new residential setting. And to me, the end of their spectrum, which is probably one of the most thrilling things, is that they've been able to do this housing piece in the community in which they're not having to invest any money, but they've gotten the jurisdiction so excited about it that they've agreed to include units within the public setting. And that, to me, is step four. And I just think it's a very progressive, forward-thinking program. And, Doug, did you have anything that you wanted to add to to Kathy's kind comments? No, and that's, again, it's been a progressive Thing. We started with the one building, and we thought, what do the students need? And, again, if you follow back with some of my prior conversations, we thought we would develop a facility where they would live here forever, but that, as we worked with a certain level of students, that was not what our mission was going to be, which then pushed us to develop 
a transitioning program into the community, which is where we're pushing now, is to develop more resources. One of the, one of the concepts our founders had also was to to have these sites from around the country. Country. That's why it was exciting when I talked to Kathy about her interest to work with her own government regulators to see what could they develop there. Uh, note to both of you might be uh, something I'm doing locally is I'm trying to develop more with transitioning uh, with our local governmental agencies. And in May, I'm going back to, to see if I can lobby with some of our senators in Washington to see if there might be something we could do here to provide other resources for this, again, forgotten group of people that really they don't they don't uh, surface well enough in the community and they're not problematic enough. They just kind of blend in and they really end up going nowhere. And the biggest voice we hear often is from parents saying, I'm, I'm getting older. What is going to happen with my child when I'm gone? And so that's we tried to fit that niche with these individuals to help them go out be on their own and allow their parents to have a life too. And well, Doug, oh, sorry, go ahead, Terry. If we've got one to... more minute, I want to tell you about an exciting thing happening and how I can see that Doug's program could integrate into this concept. Okay, go ahead, Kathy. Okay, there is a university. So, Doug, start thinking forward about the, if if we can't get the states to look at this program and somehow become a funding mechanism to at least to establish it, because the hardest part about creating these type of situations is the money. Right. And that's the biggest challenge. So unless there's a single donor of significance or a single ongoing donor, the creating these is the challenge. And so we, at this moment, and so I'll be able to report more to you, Terry, in Chicago in May, but we are submitting a feasibility to a university that is out of state. And this university is establishing the funds for developing a residential program on the university campus for individuals on the spectrum to live and work and be employed on the campus. And then they're going to tag the students that are on the um, track of through the psychology department of basically supporting individuals with special needs or special issues. They're going to be using those students to help support those individuals within that residential program. The feasibility study is going to develop a residential program for 30 individuals to independently live on the campus, not for the purposes of going to school there, but for the purposes of vocational integration and also to help in the education of our typically developing psychology students. Well, Kathy and, and Doug, thank you so much for working with legislators and policymakers to um, try to bring these things about so that um, so that these individuals have more opportunities. And I want to thank you for sharing your expertise for making successful places uh, for individuals with challenges to live and work. So thanks so much. And You're very welcome. Thank you. To our Thank you. We're going to continue this dialogue with Douglas Gill and Kathy Purplecherry at the Autism One Generation Rescue 2012 conference next month. So please visit them in Chicagoland, and please visit the website to uh, sign up at www.autismone.org. We have two days, uh, Saturday and Sunday, where, where we will be discussing issues like these in the adult adolescent track and think tank. So I want to also thank this program sponsors Oxy Health and Superberries. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll see you next month in Chicago with Douglas Gale and Kathy Purplecherry. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. 